Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this is inspired. Lisa Goich, my producer and good friend, is with us as always. And this is what I would call a special post-Super Bowl edition of the Tuesday People podcast. So I was out at the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, over the weekend. Just got back as we're recording this here. and. I'm a firm believer that lessons come in all kinds of situations and all kinds of places. And I've got a lesson for all of us here in the Tuesday people world that comes from the Super Bowl. That comes from one of the players in the Super Bowl. Lisa, you might be surprised to learn that because you're not much of a sports fan. And I'm, I'm wondering if you even watch the game. I'm not much of a sports fan. That is the truth. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Did you watch the game at all? Uh, no. Okay. I taped it just in case there was something exciting that somebody told me I should watch afterwards. But um, What would be something exciting that you would watch if you don't care enough to actually watch the game? The halftime uh-huh. uh, show, a commercial. I see. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. I don't even know the team's playing, right? Like I have no, well, I have nothing. Allow me to educate you on, on the teams in the Super Bowl. And then share with you what I learned there. So the two teams were Kansas City and Philadelphia. They were both the two best teams in football this past year. So they both deserve to be there. They were, one was the number one team in offense. The other was the number one team in defense. One team won 16 games and lost three in the regular year. The other team won 16 games and lost three. One had the MVP as their quarterback, and the other had the guy who finished second in the MVP as their quarterback. They literally were mirror images of one another and just as accomplished. So this is one of those classic cases where both teams deserve to win. Yes. Okay. Both That's teams all I took away from the game. And it was it, very close, right? It was, it was very close to the very close end. close game. And it came yeah. down to the final seconds of the game where a field goal was kicked that won the game for Kansas City. Everybody's a winner. Okay, go ahead. Well, no. That's the (laughs) point. Everybody's not a winner because somebody has to lose. And the team that lost, Philadelphia, was led by a young quarterback whose name is Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen Hurts has a very interesting history. He's an exceptional talent, exceptionally talented. And he went his college football career, went from high school to college. That's where you really begin to make a name for yourself in in American football. And he went to one of the the best colleges to go to to play college football, Alabama. And as a freshman, his very first year, he blew up every record there was. It was incredible. I mean, everyone said, how can a kid this young be this good? 
He led his team all the way to the championship, and they lost that game by just four points, a really close loss. And everyone said, well, okay, he's still so young. Four-point loss in the biggest game of the year goes all the way to the championship. They'll be back. Next year, they did come back, and they got all the way to the championship game. And in the game, halfway through the game, he hadn't been having his best game, and his coach benched him benched him, star player, star quarterback, benched him halfway through the game for another guy. And the other guy came in and did a phenomenal job and ended up stealing his job from him. So then this guy eventually had to transfer and went to a different college to finish out his college. He's one of the biggest stars in college football, and he ended up having transfer because he wasn't going to get to play anymore to a different school and finished his college at Oklahoma. That is brutal. He did not get drafted uh, number one in the first round or anything like that. He was drafted in the second round. And he went to Philadelphia and at one point wasn't doing well enough. They actually benched him again. But yet this past year, he kept improving and he he had his best season ever. And he led the team to this Super Bowl game. And in this game, he played phenomenally, phenomenally. He was great. But he had one mistake. He dropped the football when he was trying to change hands and the ball bounced out and the other team picked it up and ran it in for touchdown. And that ended up being the difference in the margin of points of the game. Ah, so ah, here's so that's this what won it. That's what won. Well, the game? it didn't win it chronologically because there were other plays after it, but it oh, ended okay. up being the difference. If he hadn't done that, you could say that they would have won the game. Right. Gosh. So after the game was over, they went and interviewed him. And here the other quarterback of the other team is celebrating and everybody's saying how brilliant he is. He's going to be one of the great ones of all time. And here this guy was just a few seconds away from being the one in the spotlight. And instead he's the loser. And he took it very well. He, he you know, was very reflective about it. And he said, well, you know, I can only try to do my best. And I think I did. And anything that, you know, it hurts to lose. It hurts to finish this close, but you can only rise from this. That's how I look at it. From a situation like this, you have to rise. You can only go up. Now, this struck me as such a better attitude towards winning and losing than we generally have in this society, which is to say, you know, I didn't get it. I never get it. I got screwed. They didn't want me. It was stacked against me. The other guy did something sneaky behind my back. They never liked me. They never liked me. They don't go for my kind of thing. I always lose out to people like that. Have any of these sentences rung familiar in your ears as I've said them over any situation, your work situation, your... Yeah, your work situation, you're you're in a league or a competition... Uh, you, you play tennis on the weekends, uh, uh, the way that you perceive your neighbors think of you, whatever. Do you feel like you're always losing? You're on the losing end of things that someone else is doing better than you and therefore you're losing. Yes, I you see. Do. I do. I see what you're saying. But isn't just the nature of being on a team in general, like it's all the team? 
you're all part of a team and a, a hundred little things account sure. for a loss. But he was like, spe- he was speaking, you know, as a member of the team. But he was trying to say to all of them, look, we we did our best. We played a really good game. And from here, we're going to have to rise. Instead of yeah. saying we got screwed, we, we, we you know, that never Oh, right. Happened. So he wasn't complaining. Right, right, right. Right. And, and so what I was thinking about with this was the time that Maury talked about, and I've mentioned this in the past, when he went to a basketball game and everybody was cheering, we're number one, we're number one, we're number one. And he popped up and yelled out, what's the matter with being number two? And everybody looked at him, laughed a little bit, and then he sat back down. And he asked that proverbial question. That's sort of the question that I'm asking here. What is the matter with being second? Can you find a sense of not complacency, but peace and even satisfaction to a degree with being second if you did a great job? So here was a case where a team really did do a great job, where a quarterback really played an excellent game, save for one mistake. And he was able to say, okay, yeah, the other team won, but I'm going to use this. I'm going to rise from this. This would be such a better way to approach the way that we navigate the wins and losses in our own lives. Instead of at work, you're up for some kind of promotion and you don't get it and somebody else does, the common reaction is to say, they don't like me, they have it out for me, that other guy did something behind my back or he chummed around with the boss or what. Instead of saying, well, there was only one position, it had to go to one person. If it went to me, then the other person who I might like, who's a colleague, might be saying the same things. And I'd want to say to them, hey, look, it's just because somebody had to get it, but it doesn't, my success doesn't mean your failure. My success doesn't mean that my being noted as being good doesn't mean that you're being noted as being bad. Maybe in time, the next job thing that comes up will be a better one, a better fit for you. And you'll be glad that you didn't take this one because you wouldn't have been able to switch out. Trying to look at losing, finishing second as something other than the negative that we tend to associate it with in the win-win culture that we're in in America. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, 
You'll hear a lot of guys make speeches, and you'll certainly see it in sports. And that's why sports is so interesting to me, uh, because there's a lot of cliches in sports. And, and, and one of them that you hear a lot is we don't take second place. We don't accept second place. We don't accept, you know, we're no, no one's going to outwork us. No one's going to work harder than us. You know, we're not going to be satisfied until we win it all. Well, that's great, except for the fact that, for example, in football, there are 32 teams. And one of the brightest things that I ever heard early on in my sports career was a player who said, after they lost in the championship game, hey, look, there's 32 teams in this league. And at the end of the year, only one of them is happy. No matter what we do, no matter how good we are, at the end of the year, only one of them is happy. And the other 31 fell short. Now, can you imagine that equation in your life? What if you were, every year you were a lawyer and you worked on one case and everybody worked on one case and only one law case was successful and all the other ones were failures? Wow. Yeah. Think about that. What if you worked on building a building, putting it up, putting it up, and at the end, all the buildings fell down except one? Oh, and yours wasn't that one. And you had to start all over again the next year. What, what if whatever field you were in, you were designing something and all the designs were put forward and only one was actually made and all the rest were ripped up? You had to start all over from scratch. That is what sports does. That is what all leagues in sports do. There's only one ultimate winner and all the rest go home unhappy. And yet they consider sports the ultimate competition where everybody, well, but there's a great, there's a great lesson to be learned from that, that, that 31 teams have to accept that falling short does not mean that you were a failure. They have to find some successes in it, some progress that they're making, something positive. Otherwise, literally, they would go through the Detroit Lions, where I live, have never won a Super Bowl. Right. They, they would have collectively thrown themselves off a building by this point if, <laughs> if there wasn't anything good to be found from seasons where they didn't win at all. Well, also, you know, week to week, a team wins or loses for the most part, right? Sometimes they win, sometimes you lose. Right. You get you have to deal with those lose losses throughout a year. And, you know, and I guess when you once you get to the big thing and you've won one, 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 then you probably get more hungry for those wins and, uh, you know, take the losses a little harder. But but the, but the big thing is what they're all after. Everybody plays for the big thing. It's not like, uh, I don't know, the Grammy Awards where you work. It's not like uh, the people who are trying to compete in the jazz category are also trying to compete in the uh, country music category. But imagine if there was only one Grammy given out per year and all the artists in the world competed for that Grammy and only one won it and everybody else had to go home with nothing. So you have yeah. a field where everybody goes home with something. There's, I'm always marveled when I look at the Grammys, record of the year, song of the year, uh, album of the year, uh, hit of the year. Yeah. And you, you have 10 <laughs> different ways that, that a person could win basically the same award. But in sports, there's one award and that's it. There's one champion at the end of the year. So there's a great lesson in that how they have to learn to be satisfied with trying hard and the progress that was made during that campaign and looking forward to the future. And that's what this young 
quarterback Jalen Hurts did. He said, I'm going to use this to rise. I will rise. It is much better to come out of, of, of these kinds of things and saying, okay, in this particular case, it didn't work out for me, but from where I am, I will rise higher. What's the matter with being number two? Number two is not an affliction. Number two is not a curse. Number two is just not number one. Ah, that's wise right there. Number two is just not number one. There's we a, talked about that before. The Avis, the Avis yes. are number two. There's award, a really right? funny line in uh, Talladega Nights, the movie with uh, Will Ferrell. And, I love that movie, by the way. Yeah, that's a great a movie, movie where when he's a kid, he's the son of a uh, uh, an amateur race car driver, and you know, real a real uh, hot shot. And his the bo- as a boy, he remembers his daddy saying, son, if you ain't first, you're last. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> and he remembers this throughout his life. If you ain't first, you're last. And this is what motivates Will Ferrell as he grows up, you know, that he only wants to win. If you ain't first, you're last. He keeps saying, if you ain't first, you're last. And finally, towards the end of the movie, his father comes back into his life. Now he's an old kind of drunk, you know, whatever. He comes back into his life. And at one point, he says, well, you, you know, it's kind of the big climax of the thing where he's trying to realize, you know, his career in a comedy way. And he says, uh, well, daddy, it's like you always said, if you ain't first, you're last. And his father says, I never said that. That's stupid. He said, what do you mean if you ain't first, you're last? There, if you ain't first, there's second, there's third, there's fourth, there's fifth. There could be a lot of things and not be last. And you realize, like, he's been living this philosophy his whole life, thinking his father For his whole to, life, yeah, right. his father. But he, he's right. It's not if you ain't first, you're last. There's a lot of things in between, and there are a lot of levels of potential satisfaction that you could have, even if you don't win the ultimate prize. Even right. if you in don't win case- the ultimate prize. They made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, like, what'd you say? There's 31 teams? You, you 32. Made it, yeah, you made it past all those other teams. You made it to the Super Bowl. That should be, and by the way, they played, I, I mean, this is what I, you know, when I heard the score, like, toward the end, I was like, well, that, I, I see them both as winners. <laughs> like, the, right. if, if you were pretty equal during an entire game until the last seconds, you both are pretty darn good. You right. know what I mean? You're, there's there's no, no big well, loser see, here. You, you and your non-sports fan way actually took a very <laughs> zen kind of approach to the whole thing. And that's sort of what we're, we're saying here. And it even holds to, you know, when you're negotiating with someone, no matter what you're negotiating with, you're negotiating a business deal. You're negotiating a uh, a relationship deal, a, a living situation deal. People tend to look at negotiations as a win and a lose. I got to get everything that I want. Maury had a different take on this, and we spoke about it one of our Tuesdays. Listen, I negotiate a tender relationship with concern for both parties, what they want and what they need what they can do and what their life is like and so on. Now that kind of thinking, again, is not ordinary because people, when they negotiate, they want to win rather than find the best solution for both. My, one of my favorite psychiatrists, Harry Stack Sullivan, defined love as that situation in which you're as much concerned about the needs of the other person as you are about your own. 
a damn good definition. And that could be a guiding principle for negotiation. I'm not only concerned about what I need, but also about what you need. Imagine if we approach negotiations that way, like, okay, let me think about what the person I'm negotiating with needs in addition to what I need. Wouldn't that be a different way than the way we negotiate our business dealings with one another, our relationship deals with one another? We're always trying to get an edge. We're always trying to finish first. We always want to, want to make sure that we have the advantage and we don't want to be taken advantage of. So there are lessons in compromising and in sharing and in accepting that not everybody can hoist that trophy. And sometimes you just have to look at it and say, okay, that's my new watermark up there where they're hoisting that trophy and I'm going to rise. I'm going mm. to rise. And this yep. is a really great life lesson that I really feel certain if Maury were still around, even though he's not a huge football fan, he would have, uh, he would have, agreed with me and said, yeah, there was something to be learned from that young man who wasn't satisfied, but wasn't angry and saw the good that could come out of losing without taking away the joy of winning for the other team. And right. if we, it sounds like a yeah, very Maury thing, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. that the NFL was a very Maury thing. I don't no, think he, no, but the comment. He liked all the, the hitting, but the comment was, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. some people are just Maury's whether they realize it or not. And I think <laughs> Jalen Hurts has a little bit of Maury in him. They say he's an old soul, although he's only 24. Even You could double his age or triple his age, and he'd still be younger than Maury was. But yeah. anyhow, something to think about from the Super Bowl. There you go. It's a little wisdom for our Tuesday People audience from a very unlikely source, the Super Bowl. We hope you uh, enjoyed the game, by the way. I hope your team won. And if it didn't, hey, came you close. Rise. Had a good season, <laughs> and they'll rise next year. That's right. And we will rise to the occasion again uh, next week. So we thank you for joining us. You can always go to wetuesdaypeople.com on the web, find out more about our program. On behalf of Lisa Goich, our producer and friend, longtime partner on this program, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs> <laughs>